how do I describe what I felt next as I watched? I could tell you about this sinking, twisting feeling in my stomach as I switched to the downstairs camera of how I watched Andrew step into our home. I could tell you of the fear I felt when I saw him relock our door and then gingerly pick up the scrap of paper from the floor, inserting it deftly back into the doorframe. Perhaps the horror and nausea as I watched him step lightly across our living room, examining different things. And then as he took what to be a fine tooth comb, how he gently retraced his steps on the carpet, erasing them. I think none of these can fully explain how terrified and ill I felt. The silly, overreacting explanations had been true. They were all true. Our neighbor had indeed been in our home mere hours ago. Panic had begun to take hold of me. And yet, I watched on. He carefully walked through our home, carefully picking things up and placing them back down. Eventually, he went up the stairs, and while I saw him lightly stepping and covering his footprints, I could not see anything he did on the second floor due to how I placed the cameras. Whatever he did there, in the guest room, my office, or our storage area, took him hours. Carefully, I skipped ahead through the feed, shakily tapping my phone. And eventually, he reappeared, briefly, as he walked past the camera and ascended to the third floor. The same big smile, still on his face. I put my phone down and took a moment to breathe. I looked around the room, carefully scanning for what may have been covered footprints, for anything that was slightly moved aside or touched, but I saw nothing. I wanted to call the police right then. I wanted to call my wife to flee the house itself, but more than all of those things, I wanted to see what else he had done. And so I switched to the feed from the last camera at the head of our bed. I saw him enter the room, glassy-eyed, his smile stretched to the edges of his face. He stood there in the doorway, just breathing for quite some time almost trying to suck up as much of the air as he possibly could. He moved around the big room and touched everything. He would only gently place the tips of his fingers on things, the dresser, the handles to the closet, the TV. He treated everything with reverence. And as I watched his myriad of expressions, bliss, I could see that he really seemed 
to think this to be a holy place. Eventually, he moved to the bed and I saw his face clearly, sheer bliss emanating from him. So delicately did he touch our pillows that I thought that he might cry with joy. As happy as he appeared, know that I was equally nauseous watching this. Again, I wished to put the phone down, to leap from the bed from where I sat, knowing that he had touched it. But on I watched. Round and round the bed he went, back and forth, touching it, smelling it, so much so that I had to fast forward until I saw him stop. He had then noticed the small camera on the bed frame. At first, he stood there, simply looking at it. And when he reached out to touch it, I can only assume he realized what it was. Immediately, the blissful look washed from his face. The wide smile twisted into a furious frown. The veins stood bulging against the skin of his thinly haired head. And then he flustered crimson. Where a moment ago, he had been the glass look of a deranged blissful man. Here, a mere foot from the camera was the face of a monster. He was livid, the anger rising from him like steam. His shoulders heaved and spittle formed in the corner of his twisted mouth. I've no idea what went through his mind as I watched. I could only see the fury as it continued to build and build. I held the phone at a distance from me and skipped ahead, feeling a genuine fear for what I was seeing. On and on I skipped, and still, the ruby red face of Andrew stood staring at the camera. Just as furious as ever until, eventually, his eyes went wide. Anger still visible, but now another emotion vied for its place on his brow. Was it confusion? Panic? Something he had sensed or perhaps heard made him unsure, and he retreated from the camera, never taking his eyes from it. He moved to the side of where my bed was, where my wife's dresser happened to be, and placed a foot upon it. Upward he sprang, gently pushing off of the bed with his other foot. He moved like a cat, pulling aside the attic panel, and with a practiced grace, he quickly and smoothly pulled himself up and replaced it. Then, a moment later, it was pressed down, barely a centimeter. His eyes, just barely visible, focused still on the camera. Until this point, everything I had seen 
had disturbed me greatly. I dared not look away from the screen. Even now, as I watched the feed, looking into the eyes peering back from the attic, with my stomach in knots, I simply watched. And equally, there in the attic, unmoving, Andrew watched the camera. Occasionally, he shifted so he can look down or to the side, but only barely did he move. And still, I watched. When a second person entered the room, my blood went cold, yet still I watched. I watched that he changed out of his work clothes. I watched as he sat on the bed where I sat. I watched as he pulled his phone out and looked into it. And I watched as the man in the attic watched him. I did not skip forward. I dared not put the phone down. I dared not breathe. Suddenly, I could almost feel Andrew's eyes boring into the top of my head, feeling his burning expression of fury pressing into me from above. And then I heard so faintly that I might have imagined it. The attic panel above me creaked. Like lightning, I sprang from the bed, raced downstairs, grabbing my keys, turning the door handle, phone still in hand, outside I went. I got into the car, shoeless, and reversed out of the driveway, speeding away from my home with no destination other than away. I was in the grocery store parking lot when I called my wife. I could hear worry in her voice as I explained what I had seen. Eventually, through her own shock, she calmed me down, and we agreed on the course of action. She soon left work, and we went to a hotel for the night. She picked up some minor things we would need, and I, having finally calmed down, called the police. To their credit, the police took me very seriously. I explained everything as clearly as I could, and when we eventually got to the description of Andrew himself, there was a pause. The officers asked me if I was sure that the man who I had seen, he repeated back to me the description of Andrew in even greater detail than I had given it. That's what the guy looked like? Are you sure? He asked. I told him I was certain. I even have video on him. We were told to come back to the police station and assured the officers would be sent to our home right away. When we arrived, disheveled as we were, the police took us straight to the office of a man which I assume was highly ranked from how he was treated. On his desk was one thick manila envelope and several others stacked beside it. We had barely introduced ourselves when the man began questioning us. He wished to know every detail we could give him, far beyond today's event. 
we gave him all we could. The name of our realtor, where we worked, contacts, family, so on and so on. Eventually, I showed him the footage I had just captured on my phone. Where it had just been left off, paused. The man took the phone from me and immediately swiped to the end of the footage, pausing it right before it ended. Andrew's furious face in clear view, his hands outstretched towards the camera. Yeah, that's him, he said. He read the question as my lips formed them and held up his hand. He's a dangerous man. That's all you need to know. But you're safe now. And that was it. From then on, we were held for hours and questioned by several different pairs of officers and detectives. But we were well taken care of and we did truly feel safe. Eventually, we were informed that we could go back to our hotel and the police had been sent ahead of us for our safety. Before we left, we were called back into what we then learned was the captain's office and we spoke with the captain himself once more. He filled us in on what had happened to our home, which was largely nothing. They hadn't found Andrew or any trace of him being in the attic. They had checked his house too and the captain described it as a rat's nest. He told us of how the interior of the house was filled with trash and refuse, how there had been dozens of sale signs piled up in the room, no doubt from the houses on our street. On and on he described the horrid place Andrew had made his home, but they had not found the man himself. He explained how we were going to be protected, how he was going to contact both of our employers and so on. And in the course of him doing this, someone else came in and handed him a phone, explaining it was two fellow officers. The captain answered it and simply listened to the faint voice on the other end for a while, occasionally pausing to confirm details. Soon, he turned to us and asked, were you staying at the blank inn off Hofford Street by the gas station? My wife and I nodded and he confirmed to the man on the phone that that was indeed where we had been staying. He dared not mention it for fear that someone else might be listening. A moment passed and he turned to us once again. Room 204? And my wife produced our hotel key, which was indeed room 204. 
Again, he confirmed it to the other officer on the phone. They talked at length, and we glared. We then gleaned little details until the captain himself seemed to suddenly relax, no longer concerned of who may or may not be listening. Whatever news he had been given was good. Under the bed? Jesus. Good work. With that, he turned to us, smiling, the first genuine smile I had seen in weeks. We caught him. So ends our tale of our quite deranged and obsessive new neighbor. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining me tonight as we continued and concluded our little story. If you're new here, please consider subscribing. And if you're already subscribed, leave me a review. Let me know how I'm doing and share. If you would like to support this podcast, there is a link in the description as well as on my site on Anchor and Spotify, I believe. Hmm. (laughs) Anyway, guys, thank you so very much. And until next time, don't journey into the darkness alone.